As we come to hear the Word of God proclaimed to us this weekend, it comes with a rather clear message, that of fraternal correction, of seeing another, a brother or sister in Christ, and recognizing something in them that perhaps needs a change, and doing what we are able to do to go and to assist them in that continued perfection of their own souls, growth and virtue, and sanctification. And as we do so, as we, as we reflect upon that, it's the, the readings really kind of give us a, a fair amount of, of practical wisdom, things that we can kind of look to of, of how do we do this in so many ways, and how do we do it well without uh, burning bridges or, or pushing people even farther away or severing friendships or family relationships. And so it is for us to, to look at these things and, and be mindful of it. First and foremost, that fraternal correction is a part of the Christian life. Uh, our Lord does not uh, seem to, to say that, um, that it's a rarity. He doesn't say that it's not something that should happen. Indeed, he also reminds us that before we start to pull the splinter out of another's eye to make sure that we've tended to the plank in our own first, so be mindful of that, of course. But it is to acknowledge that there is a part of the Christian life that, that requires us to be able to encourage others in the living of their faith in some practical manners. And as our first reading reminded us today, that our own judgment may hinge on it, on our willingness or unwillingness to go and to speak to another as the Lord may be calling us. And so, a few practical points. One is, whenever we go to speak to another, it is to ensure that, first and foremost, that we don't do damage to our own soul. That if we go to another individual and we're, you know, we're going to, to speak to them about a particular fault, but we are falling ourselves into the same thing along with them, you're not really helping the team very much. It says, you know, they, as they say, the, whenever someone is drowning, don't just reach out for them to take your hand because they will very likely will pull you under too. All right, so throw, throw a, life, a life raft or something, right? So some other means, right? And so it's to ensure that we don't go down with the ship with another person seeking to help them, but ultimately falling into sin ourselves. More to the point, and more often the, the risk, is that whenever we perhaps go to offer some correction to another individual, our own faults may manifest. And the fact that sometimes whenever we go to offer correction, it's not really correction that we want to offer. It's we're just aggravated at somebody and we want to tell them to stop doing the thing that aggravates us. That's not fraternal correction. That's just fussing at somebody. This is not what our Lord is speaking and encouraging us to do. Right, so it's not for us to, to be able to go and, and to, you know, to, to be angry at someone, to be upset, and to, to lose our own patience to lose our own sensibilities and to, and to wind up having to go to the confessional afterwards for our supposed fraternal correction to make up and to make reparation for the things that we did and uh, trying to help someone else grow in holiness of life. Obviously, that's not the method by which we ought to do these things. And so it is for us, first and foremost, not to, uh, not to increase sin uh, in, our own, in our own selves as we go to offer some encouragement for another. Also, it is for us to ensure that we do it out of charity, that we do it out of love for the other, not out of, uh, again, a selfish desire for, for someone else to stop doing a thing that bothers us or something along those lines, but rather to acknowledge that there is something in another person that, that can be improved, that can be perfected, where virtue could increase, 
where some change may be helpful for them and for others around them, and out of consideration for them, out of love and concern for them, to be able to offer some, some guidance, to say, I see this thing that you do, and I'm not sure if you're aware of how it affects other people or how it affects you. That's a very different thing than saying, this thing you do bothers me. Those will be received in very different ways, right? And so it's to do it out of charity, out of genuine concern for the good of the other. But then also there are a variety of other practical considerations that must be taken into account. It is to, to know that whenever we go to another, it is to pray the Lord to instruct us and to guide us in how this is to be done. Again, our first reading today, the, the Lord in inspiring an, an individual to, to see something in another person and then to go to them and to say something. And if the Lord puts something on our heart that we need to speak to someone else about, something that, that concerns them for their genuine good, if the Lord puts it on our heart, it is for us to listen to this. To fail to do so is, is our own judgment, our own condemnation in the end. It is something we ourselves will have to bear. But also it is to ask our Lord for some of the concrete details, because we know it's not always the best, the best thing to immediately go and just tell the person whatever is on our mind uh, without having first prayed about it or considering uh, the impact of the particular moment. And so, if it is a, if it is a, a reasonable and viable thing, sometimes we are called to speak in the moment. But very often, it is for us also, if it's someone that we know and that we have a regular relationship with, to know when we should speak to them, if we are the right person to speak to them, how we should speak to them, where we should speak to them, what words even we should say. And these are things that we can glean a bit from, from the Holy Spirit, to pray the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us, to help us to know when is the time to do these things rather than simply to, to kind of shoot off and then that's as it is. Rather, to ask the Lord's guidance. When we do so also, it is necessary for us to go with humility and meekness ourselves. If we go to another person, presuming that we have our life together and we are doing just fine and we have no reason um, to, to perfect things in our own soul, if we go with a, a spirit of, of judgment or condemnation or superiority, very often we will be met with defensiveness or just outright rebuke or and, and total neglect or, re, or rejection, rather, of, of the intention of, for which one would go, because one is going not necessarily out of a, out of a spirit of humility, which says, hey, I'm a, I'm a sinner and, and, and you are too, and, and let's help each other along the way. And so it's to approach with meekness and humility, to approach with a, a gentleness and a kindness to, towards another person as the Lord inspires, and to know that uh, partially a way in which we can have that is also to receive it ourselves, to know that, that we don't have things together. And if we know that we will have to go and say something to someone else at some point to offer a correction to another, very, very likely we will also be recipients of a correction at some point. And that makes it easier uh, to be kind to someone whenever you're explaining something that, that needs to be changed, something that you see of a concern and them, is simply to remember that we have our things too, and so as to approach it in that similar manner. It's also for us to heed especially the words of our Lord, 
in those practical senses of the process of going, uh, going in a certain order of things. Our world today is very quick to use social media to complain about the corrections others need to make about their lives. People are, are quick to go and, and tell the whole world, literally everyone, except the one person that they need to speak to about the thing that is concerning them or frustrating them, as the case may be sometimes. It is easy to be able to, to bring it out into the world in some just kind of general anonymity that we often experience in the world, in, in the electronic world at least. But again, not to bring it to the person that it needs to be spoken to. And if we do that, there's no good that's done there. And if we're not one who is quick to find ourselves uh, ranting about something on social media, then also consider that there are other humans around us just in the normal daily life. And there are temptations that we may have whenever we see something, rather than going to speak to another person about it, we go and, and talk about an individual or the situation to our spouse or to our you know, siblings or to our children, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to anyone with an ear willing to listen to us, and to say all of these things, rather than, as St. Paul would encourage us elsewhere, to say only the good things men need to hear to say the thing that needs to be spoken to the individual to whom it should be spoken, who can actually do something about it. Now, admittedly, there are times where we need to seek counsel from another person, someone who may know the situation better, someone who might be the actual person who should be the one to speak to them about a topic. The one, you know, the of sense of if we feel like we're not sure how to do, um, how to do this fraternal correction thing and do it well, it's okay to speak to seek out um, kind of information and guidance and direction from another person. But again, this is distinct from just going to them and kind of putting it all out there and, and possibly committing detraction or defamation or any number of other negative, negative things that can happen by simply the speech of our tongue. And so it is first and foremost, as our Lord tells us, to go one-to-one, -to, -one, to go to the person with whom we have some concern and express it to them. And if they do not receive it, if they do not, you know, embrace it or welcome it, then we can go with two or three others, other individuals who also, out of charity, desire the person to grow and can also see the same thing and say, yes, you know, we, we see this. We see that this is something that concerns us in you. And if they don't listen to two or three, then continue on. You go up to the church, bring them to the church. This is ultimately where we kind of end up with excommunications in the formal senses. Excommunications are, are simply those things by which Mother Church looks at, at one who is, is unwilling to admit one's fault or one's weakness and then says, well, because you are, are so hard-hearted, we're going to separate you from the community, if it's a serious thing, of course. We're going to separate you from the community. Essentially, it's like church-sanctioned timeout, right? that you, you get put in the corner to be able to think about what you've done. It's really what it is. It's a separation from the community, which should be a, a very instructive thing for an individual to go, wait, I'm, I've done something that has separated me from the church. I need to remedy that. Excommunication from the church's perspective has always been medicinal, not punitive. It's always so that an individual can heal and, to, and to, to correct course and to find reunion once again, rather than to stay obstinate and simply to kind of browbeat people for having done something bad. It really is an instruction to
to encourage the soul to come back to the Lord and to repent of sin. And so as for us in all of these things, to, to see that, that there is a process also by which we go. We don't simply jump in front of another person, in front of a crowd of people, and tell them the thing that they need to change. We don't just bring a whole bunch of people and kind of surround them intervention style if we haven't talked to them as an individual first. And we don't do things with a lack of charity. Again, charity, so, so necessary for us in these things. And as I was reflecting on all these things, I was reminded of a video I watched uh, some years back. It was from uh, the, the gentleman Penn of Penn and Teller, the, uh, the comedy magician uh, duo, often on, on TV some years ago. I don't know if they're still around doing their act. But it was, uh, it was Penn recounting an, an interaction that he'd had with an individual that particular night. Of course, we know after, after a show very often, you know, the uh, people will gather around afterwards and want to, you know, shake hands, get autographs, this kinds of thing. And he said he was going down the line visiting with people, and he got to this one man, and, and the man, you know, spoke about how, how much he appreciated the show, and he enjoyed, enjoyed, the, you know, enjoyed the act, and it was very uplifting for him, and, and, you know, he loves his work, and all this kind of, you know, kind of speaking praises to him in a genuine sense. He wasn't just kind of, he wasn't just lying to him just to make him, you know, puff him up to make him feel good about things, but they were genuine, genuine encouragement, genuine compliments that the man offered. And he said, and, 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 and he said I'm, I'm, I know you're not a believer, right? Penn was known to be, and uh, presumably still is, I bet perhaps, um, an avowed atheist, one who did not believe in God or the church or the things in which we do. And he said, you know, I, I, know, that you, I know that you don't believe. He said, but I do. And I know that, that, that Christ has brought me such immense joy in my life, and he has, he has saved me, he has given me hope. And, and I want that same thing for you, even though you don't, like, I, I know you don't, you don't feel like you're missing anything here, he says, but, but I, I care for you. And, and he says, and so I, I want to give you this, and he gave him, uh, gave him the Bible, and he says, I know it's like, it's um, like, I'm not, you know, no force, no nothing, whatever, just, just, I know what it's done for me, and I want the same for you. Left it at that. Thanks again. Enjoy the show. Have a good night. And as Penn was recounting this uh, online in, the, in this video, he was crying because it had touched him so deeply. The charity that was present in this man as he came to greet him after the show. And he was acknowledging the fact that, that, that again, there was a, a genuineness to the man. There was an, a, a, a true love coming from him. That there was not, uh, there was not a, a sense of condemnation of you're lost and let me save you real quick, but simply a desire for Penn to to know the goodness, to experience goodness, to experience blessings, even if he himself didn't believe that what the man was offering was really goodness or blessings. But he knew that the man did, and he respected and loved that much. And he, he kind of drew a little analogy then afterwards. He said, really, it's, it's, it's such a, uh, an important thing for Christians. You know, he, begins to, he begins to speak to Christians about speaking to people who are not Christian, interestingly enough. He says, it's so important that you believe. If you believe what you believe, then it should compel you to act like it did with this man acting upon me. He says, in the same manner, if you see someone out in the street and they are blissfully unaware that a bus is speeding at them at high rate of speed and you recognize it, but they don't, it is charity for you to go and to pull them out of the way, whether they believe there's a bus there or not. 
It doesn't matter. It's to get them out of the way. The charity is present there. And he said in, in that same sense, he says, the man knows that I'm not a believer. And, and he's saying like, and I haven't been converted on the spot, you know. It's not like the man gave me a Bible and I went and got saved real quick. He says, but at the same time, he loved me enough to share something with me that was concern, a concern for, of him for me. He loved me enough to do something that was uncomfortable to help me. And he saw how beautiful and difficult that can be. And he appreciated it sincerely. And he appreciated the gift that, of the man's faith that compelled him to make this act of love for him. And that's exactly what we ought to be able to do is to simply allow the love of God to compel us to go forth to speak to others. Again, not, to, not because we have it together and let me show you how it's done, but because that we are also sinners and we know the, the goodness that God comes to offer to us. We know the, the, the richness of the mercy of the Lord. We know the, the joy of, of the gift of receiving the sacraments and spending time in His presence and living our faith. And it's that that we want for others. Not that we kind of come down upon them, but, but that we want to bring them up to what we ourselves have experienced, to share that same goodness and joy. And so this is what we ask our Lord, our Lord today in this Holy Mass as we come to, uh, to be in His presence one more, once more here before the Blessed Sacrament, the Tabernacle, but even in Holy Communion, to be able to have Him come and to draw close to us. And we pray that the fruit of our communion today would be an increase in holiness of life, an increase in humility that allows us to go forth and to share with others the things that, that concern us about them for their own good as the Lord inspires us and to be willing also to receive those that come our way whenever we are the ones to be corrected.